Turn with me to Romans, the first chapter, please. Romans chapter 1. The last time I was with you, we were talking about living by faith. Anybody interested in that? Living by faith. And I believe we're not done with that. We need to continue in it for a bit. And our, one of our main texts was here in Romans, the first chapter. Romans 1 and 15. He said, so as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also, ready to preach. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Those made alive in Christ, made right in Christ... Live how? By faith. Now that has not changed. That's not going to change. This is how those who walk with God walk. It is the only way you can walk with God. There is no other way. Hebrews 11, you remember, says, Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Not challenging. Not difficult. (laughs) Impossible. Uh, That means... No matter what kind of prayer you pray, if you didn't pray it in faith, it didn't please him. No matter what kind of offering you gave, if you didn't do it in faith, I don't care how big the amount was, it didn't please him. No matter what kind of works you did, if you didn't do it in faith. So we certainly want to know about faith, don't we? Elsewise, we could be doing things in vain. Listen to the Amplified of this 17th verse. In the gospel, a righteousness which God ascribes is revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith. Somebody say, from faith to faith. faith faith. The Bible talks about in Romans prophesying according to your proportion of faith, or serving, or ministering according to your proportion of faith. Everything we do we do according to our, our, where our faith is right now. As our faith develops, we can do better. We can do more. Oh, come on, can you see this? We can receive more. We can minister more. We can receive his vision more. Uh, looking back over Phyllis and my walk with the Lord for the past, whatever it is, 30 some years, five years, I I see progression. There are things he did not show us the third year of ministry that he had planned for us because our faith was not at the place to receive it. It would have just seemed too big to us. It would have just been overwhelming to us. We'd have just, I I know, uh, let's see, I, I would have been, Phyllis and I would have been 18. We got married young. 18, and we were going to church, and God was dealing with me, but at that point, I didn't know I was called to the ministry. I was going to be a fighter, if you can imagine that. 
And uh, I was training hard, and I was willing to go to other countries to train and learn. And I was going to be a full contact fighter. And but I, I loved the Lord, and uh, my I had influences for God in my life. And and one night I, I had begun to draw closer to the Lord and pray more. And anytime you do that, He's going to start talking to you. Is that right? About His plan, about what He. Uh, one of the reasons why some folks say, "Well, uh, you know." I, I never heard anything like that. Well, you got to get quiet and you got to spend some time with him and, and draw near to him. And uh, he began to deal with me one night about pastoring. Now, I didn't even know I was called. So this is quite a shock for me. And the only thing I knew about was a little church that we had in our local area there. I mean, a very small little local church. And yet I, I didn't sleep any that night. I lay awake. I thought, I can't do that. I don't know anything about the scriptures. I don't know anything about prayer. I don't know anything about how to pastor a church. And I tossed and I turned and it troubled me. And and when the sun was coming up, sun was coming up and I'm laying there all distressed. And the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard a voice out here, but inside me. He said, son, don't be concerned. By the time you get to it, I'll have you ready. And I didn't know he was talking about 25 years. If I could have realized that, I could have thought, there ain't no need in losing sleep tonight, man. I mean, right? You ain't going to have to look at this for another 25 years. But I didn't know that. Well, why wouldn't the Lord tell you that he purposely doesn't tell you some of these things? Because if you saw it all, it wouldn't take faith. It doesn't take as much faith if you know it's 25 years away than if you don't know but what it's tomorrow afternoon. Come on, can you see this? But he didn't, uh, he didn't show us some things. In those early years that, he, that I come to see now, he had planned for us all along, but he feeds it to you as your faith is able to receive it. Amen. And so his righteousness, his right things, his right ways, his right plan is revealed to us. How? From faith to faith. And the more faith we develop, the more he can show us. If you say, well, he's not showing me much. You just got your answer right now. Let your faith rise up. Because it does him or you no good for him to show you something and you just freak out and say, I can't, no way, no how. Now you're responsible for something and you're unwilling to do it and don't think you can. Come on, can you see this? It does him no good, does you no good. But as your faith develops and grows... Hallelujah. And velas nagare genia, os non kres vanyan and tish. I've been getting you ready for these years now. And balegs ne eskafaheje. I've been feeding you. I've been edifying you. I've been bringing you up to where I can show you some things. Maratsa faros moroji inele kesta achane. And I will show you a part at a time. And if you'll receive it. And if you'll rejoice. You'll come into a new life. Maladibrinose. All things are passed away. All things have become new. 
And it is walking in newness of life that I have prepared for you and chosen for you. And it will be exceeding abundantly above what you have asked or thought. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'll reveal it to you and bring you into it as your faith is able to lay hold. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. You believe it? Somebody say, so be it. So be it. So be it. Say it out loud again. Be it unto me. According to your word, O Lord. (laughs) I believe it. He, He has been feeding us steadily for these, what, 13 years as a church here? I mean, just, I hope you know that Phyllis and I and others did not just think up and come up with all these things that have been preached and taught. I believe it's been from the Lord. And what this is designed to do is to quicken us and bring our faith up to a place where he can show us some things. Without us just freaking out and falling down and saying, I can't, there's no way, no how. Like I said, when Phyllis and I were 18, we got a hold of the first teaching we had ever heard on faith and uh, changed our lives. And we were just word addicts for a couple of years there. I mean, from the time we'd get in from work, we'd sit down in our little trailer house on our little plastic couch with a tape player that was about that big. Anybody remember them? You know, battery operated. And sit there and listen and take notes. And and nobody else that we knew was doing that. Nobody. I'm sure there were some people around we didn't know about. But nobody we knew. And uh, I didn't realize it. But what the Lord was doing was getting faith in us. He was getting. Because he was about to tell us. That he wanted us to leave family. Leave home. Go to Oklahoma. Go to Bible school. And if he would have told us right then. We, we, we'd have thought, no, can't do it. We can't do it. In fact, I don't know, a few months into this, I had gotten some books from Kenneth Hagin's ministry and got his magazine. And on one of the covers in the springtime, it was a picture of the graduating class of Rhema Bible Training Center. And they were all dressed in their red robes. And it was just a, a very nice picture on the front cover. I looked at that and I thought, man, that's nice. We're just little country folks out in the boonies, you know. And a thought crossed my mind. What if you did that? It just crossed my mind like that. What if you did that? You're a part of that. You went there. You graduated that school. And I thought immediately, no, 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 no. And I just, I just cast it aside. Didn't think about it again for a year and a half. Why? Why? My faith wasn't at the place that I could believe that that could happen to me. I believed it happened to them. I'm seeing it. Right? But me, I'm, I mean, no money, never been anywhere, never done anything, don't seem to know much. I mean, it just, it just seemed impossible. And that's how it seems to you when you have no faith. It seems undoable, unreachable. Not because it's unreachable. Because with God, 
Oh, come somebody help me with this now. With God, all things are possible. And what about to him that believes? All things are possible to him or her that believes. So is it impossible? Not to those that believe. But if you don't believe it, to you it is impossible. God could do it easily if you believed. And what I believe we should get into tonight is uh, what if your, your faith's not there? What if it does seem impossible to you? How do you get from there to saying, yes, I believe? <laughs> Let me tell you something me and Mike did all these past months. <laughs> I can do all things. <laughs> Am I right, Mike? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You couldn't have taken a bat to us and made us say we can't. (laughs) We're not going to say we can't. (laughs) I can do. What is that? I said, what is that? That's simple, simple faith. Not I can't do it because sometimes it looked like you couldn't do it. It felt like you couldn't do it. But that's not what the scripture doesn't say. I can't do it. I said, the scriptures don't say, I can't do it. What does it say? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, and I can. Oh, somebody say, I can. What will unbelief say? I can't. There's no way. No, Yeah, but you don't know. I can't. I don't know. There's no way. There's no how. I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I can't. I can't. That's not true. You could if you believed. And so there's no, no need in the Lord showing us great things that he has planned if all we're going to do is wilt and say, I can't. I can't. Now, uh, this is not isolated to a few cases. When the Lord appeared to Moses in a burning bush and he said, come, I'm calling you, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. What did he say? <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> I, I can't, I, I can't even talk plain. I mean, you, you don't want me, and, and besides that, they got my picture at the post office down there. I'm a wanted man. I can't, I can't go back to Egypt. They will throw me in jail or worse. I mean, no, I can't. And the Lord looked at Moses and said, that's why I like you. You're so humble. Is that what he said? No, actually, it made the Lord angry with him. If the Lord says, I'm going to do this with you, let me tell you what you don't say. You don't look at him and say, I can't. That's insulting. I mean, I know we've all done some of this, so I'm not knocking Moses at all, but what what would Moses thinking when he said, Lord, you you don't understand. I I can't talk. I'm wanted down there. What does he think the Lord's going to say? Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> you know, yeah, you are a wanted man, and boy, the authorities will just swarm you when you go in there. Beside that, you're not a very good speaker. I mean, you just <laughs> stumble around and stutter. You know, let let me think about this and get back to This is the Almighty we're talking about. He knows reasons why you would think you couldn't do it that you hadn't found out yet. 
And in spite of all that, He has chosen you to do it. So when He says, I'm going to do this with you for you, there's only one right response. Thank you. Yes, sir. You, you know I can't do it without you, but you already knew that before you told me. So I can, I can, I can do all things through you who will strengthen me and help me. Come on, somebody needs to say, I can, I can, I can, I can. I've had people look at me when I had a word from the Lord for them. And just as plain as could be said, the Lord told them what he wanted them to do. Where and how. And I've had people look at me and say, I I can't. I just can't. And they wouldn't. And they didn't. And their life was bad. Is it true that they can't? Is it true? Is it true that God could not work that out with them? It was too big. It was too hard. It was too much. No. What kept it from happening? Their unbelief, their fear, and their lack of faith. Hallelujah. I can. Somebody say, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can. I can. I can. Hallelujah. That was worth you combing your hair and coming to church for. Right there. Don't you believe it? Go to John 21, please. John 21. You know what else is exciting about this? Why would the Lord be talking to about these things? (laughs) Huh? He's about to tell us some things. Is that right? He's about to show us some things. Tell us some things. Whoo! Fella could get happy up in here tonight. Could you? Could get? You could get stirred up. How many believe the plan of God is exceedingly good? Do you believe it? The things He's thought to do for us and with us. Do you believe they're just kind of so-so, or are they off the chart? Or are they exceeding abundantly above? They are. So we should be excited before we even hear what He's going to say, because we know. It's going to be good. It's going to take us to another level in Him. But just in case you, you were sleeping or something, what do you not tell Him? Coming down. What, what do you not tell Him? Don't tell Him, I can't. There won't be any amount of explaining or excuses that will make that okay. Because anything you might tell Him, He already knows. And more. What's the right, correct response? Correct response? I can't. I can't do it on my own, but I'm not on my own. You're in me. You're with me. You're for me. And I can do all things through you. John 21 and 12. What if you've been struggling with I can't? How do you get from there to a confident I can? In John 21 and 12. After Jesus has been raised from the dead, he appears to the disciples. They're out fishing. And he uh, calls them, John 21, 12. He said to them, come and dine. 
come and dine. We're familiar with an older song along that line. But what does it mean, come and dine? Come and eat. Everybody say, come and eat. Come and eat. Come and eat. You, you've heard versions of this your whole life long. Come and get it. <laughs> it's ready. Come eat. Y'all come eat. That's what he's saying. Come eat. Come eat. And none of the disciples durst ask him, who are you? Knowing it was the Lord. Jesus then comes and takes bread and gives them and fish likewise. He had something there ready for them to eat. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, he keeps talking about eating. When they had dined, when they had eaten, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? Now, we need to stop here. Because this is actually a reference to something that happened before Jesus was crucified. Do you remember that Jesus told them right before he was taken, all of you are going to be offended concerning me tonight and you're going to forsake me? And Peter was very vocal, wasn't he? And he said, no way, no how. If everybody leaves you, I will not. I will never forsake you. He was adamant. And Jesus looked at him and said, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. But what was Peter's response? No, I won't. No, I won't. If everybody does it, I will never. And what did he do? Listen, friends. There is zero room in faith for pride. Zero room. He is saying, I've got this. I'm okay. I'm I'm doing fine. I've got this. And Jesus said, you don't got it. You're not ready. And he had prayed for him, we talked about this a few weeks ago, that his faith fail not. What happened when it all went wrong from, from their perspective and they couldn't believe Jesus let them take him? It just shocked them to their core. They never believed this could happen. He's the Messiah. This cannot happen. But it did. And they're shocked in disbelief. And then fear hit them. And he found out when he was pressed. And he's standing out there with the servants of the high priest. And they're saying, you're one of them. You are one of them. And they sense no anointing. And he don't feel any grace. And he was scared. And his faith failed. His faith was not there. To deal with that situation. And he denied. Who he was and what he was. And who the Lord was to him. He denied it repeatedly. Now it's not for us to throw any stones. Uh, I don't want any show of hands. But I think all of us could share. Some place where we came short. In our faith. 
and in our confidence. But here's what we're talking about. So you are not full of faith to say, I can. Yes, Lord, you tell me to do this, we will do this. With your help, it seems impossible to me, but I will hold on to you. I will trust you. We will take steps and it'll happen. Everybody that knows anything about faith knows that's it. That's what you ought to do. But doing that, (laughs) actually knowing you should do it and actually doing it, two different things. Especially when you're not in church, you're by yourself, and it's a Thursday evening, and you're tired, and nobody's around, and you hit with both barrels. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But one thing that would have helped Peter, and I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not looking narrowly on him. We've all come short. But on the other side of it now, with the benefit of the words that we have, and his example and recovery, if he'd have humbled himself instead of arguing with the Lord and telling the Lord what good shape he was in and how ready he is in his faith, <laughs> if he would have humbled himself and said, Lord, what do I need to do? What, what can I do to keep from failing this test? What can I do to keep from being ready to quit and give up? His faith needed bolstering. You know what it needed? It needed to be fed. Somebody say fed. What are we talking about here? Come and what? Come and eat. What did they just get through doing? Eating. And what's he about to tell him? Do you love me more than these? And he said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. What did he say? Feed my lambs. Is this near and dear to the master's heart? What's he called? He's called the good shepherd. What does the good shepherd do? One of the main things the shepherd does is to feed the flock. Right? Feed the flock. Let me give you some scripture along this line. I believe it will minister to your spirit. Let's finish reading this first. He said to him the second time, verse 16, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. So he said to him, what? Second time, feed my sheep. Is he talking about literal sheep? He's talking about his people. Do the Lord's people need to be fed? More, oh, more than folks realize. Oh, dear me. You cannot have strong faith Without faith being fed. No way, no how. Can't happen. He went to the third time. Verse 17, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. How many understand there's some more humility here this time? Is that right? Instead of being to Adam and he says, well, Lord, you know. I think he was ready. If the Lord told him, you don't really love me like you need to, he'd have said, well, you know. <laughs> right? You're right? He's not going to argue with him this time. And what did Jesus say? For the third time. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Somebody say, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. 
feed my sheep. What is near and dear on the Lord's heart? What is strong in his heart? He wants his sheep. You are his sheep. I am his sheep. He wants us fed. He wants us fed. And that's one of the main reasons we have church. Not the only reason, but it's one of the big ones. It's one of the big ones. What are we doing right now? Buckets. I wouldn't have anything if he didn't feed me. Is that right? But it is. It's not just a good thing. It's not just a nice thing. It is essential to survival. And there is no way. To have strong faith. And be victorious. And overcome. And be where God could give you his full plan and believe that you can do it and have it. Unless your faith has been seriously fed. Do you believe it, saints? I know it from the scriptures. I know it from experience in our own lives. Hallelujah. Somebody say, feed my sheep. Go to 1 Peter, the fifth chapter. 1 Peter 5. Now, I need to make this connection because we'll see it again. What was a change in Peter from when he was telling the Lord adamantly, almost correcting the Lord, telling him, no, no matter what you're saying, I won't do it. I know. And here when he says, Lord, you know. What's the difference? Humility. And what's so big about this? The word that the Lord feeds us, that gives us faith and everything else we need, is the word of his grace. And you know who gets grace? Not everybody. Who gets grace are the humble. And one of the biggest demonstrations of pride is to think you're okay without it. To think you don't need it. And that's one of the biggest delusions. That church folks. And people outside of church. Are under. This place. Ought to be packed to the rafters. Every service. Not just us. Every genuine church around. Why? Are there people. In Branson. In Sarasota. And the regions round about who desperately need to have their faith fed so that they can get some faith to come up out of their situation and overcome. Desperately. As a pastor, my my heart just, I mean, it it just yearns sometimes. I'm looking at people as we're going around and driving and, and coming into contact with people as we travel, and you just see they are in such desperate need of God and faith in God But they think they're okay. They think they're okay without him. And they're not okay. They're not even remotely okay. They're not doing okay. Their life is a shambles. But because so many people around them, their life is also a shambles. They think, well, hey, that's just life. But I don't need all this God stuff. And I certainly don't need to go uh, look at some preacher wave his hands for two hours. I mean, I, you know, I'm... I'd rather sit here at home and watch TV. I'd rather do this. I'd rather do it. 
That they don't realize it, but they are being so prideful to imagine and think, I don't need God. I don't need my faith to be fed. Oh, honey, yes, you do. Amen. <laughs> yes, you do. It's like the, uh, who was it, the Laodicean church that he talked to them about? And they said, we're rich. We got everything. We don't need anything. He said, oh, you are blind and you are naked. Is that right? And you don't even have no sense to know it. That's the Keith Moore paraphrase. (laughs) You think you're doing great and you are pitiful. Pitiful. No, I don't care how long you've walked with the Lord. I don't care how much you've grown and what you've seen and known. You need more. You need to be fed. Is that right? Your faith, your spirit needs to be fed and built up. Hallelujah. And strengthened and made strong. Every one of us do. Phyllis and I, we go to conferences. We go to meetings. uh, Usually every year, uh, one or two or or, or more, uh, we need to be fed. You understand what I'm saying? We need to be in situations where we're receiving from other folks that have an anointing and call on their life. And, and um, everybody needs to be fed yes. on a regular basis, yes. not just twice a year. Brother F.F. F. Bosworth, author of the book, Christ the Healer, made this statement. And this is, is so true. He said, it's no wonder faith is so weak. He said, uh, many people. Uh, They wouldn't think about missing a meal. They'll feed their body three hot squares a day. But they try to get by spiritually on one cold snack a week. Well, it doesn't work. You're going to be weak. In spirit, you're going to be weak in faith. How will that translate into your life? Things will come up, and to you, it will seem impossible. Your response will be, there's no way. I can't. I don't know how. We won't be able to. And that's not true. I said that's not true. Tell me the truth. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. All things are possible to him. And all things are possible to him or her that believes. But if you don't believe, then it just looks hopeless. Can you see that? Are you there with our next scripture? 1 Peter 5, 1. The elders which are among you I exhort, which am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. What does he say, verse 2? Feed the flock of God. He's talking to the ministers. Do what? Feed them. Now, Brother Hagin, Kenneth Hagin Sr., who's in heaven, my father in the faith, he used to say often when he'd read this, he'd say, feed them what? Hot dogs and hamburgers? What's he talking about feeding them? What is he talking about feeding them? The word, yes. But did you know it's possible to read Bible and hear Bible and not get fed? You may have to think about that one a little bit. It's possible to hear Bible or read Bible and not get fed. Say, say what? Yes. You remember Hebrews talked about the gospel was preached to us as well as unto them, 
But the word preached did not profit them or benefit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. It's possible you could hear the word and it not benefit you if you don't receive it. And did you know the devil quotes scriptures? Well, is that going to feed your faith? Yeah, but he's quoting scriptures. Devil quoted scriptures won't feed your faith. (laughs) Even though it is the scriptures. Why? Because he's not quoting it in faith or in truth. He's trying to trick you or trip you up some way. And there are folks that take Bible verses and they preach them, but they preach condemnation. They twist it around to say stuff it doesn't say. And some people, their whole focus is, whoa, whoa, woe unto thee. Will that feed your faith? People can use scriptures to minister condemnation. And that doesn't feed your faith. So just because you're hearing Bible does not automatically mean that your faith is being fed. Like I said, you may have to think about that one a little bit. All preaching is not the same. All teaching is not the same. There's actually things you can go and sit under and hear and it will take faith out of you. And they used scriptures. It didn't put faith in you. It did worse. If you listened to it and believed it, it took faith out of you. And you can leave more hopeless than when you came in. That's the last thing you need. When you find out about faith, you find out it's one of the best friends you ever had. And you get excited about it. And you want to rub shoulders with faith. You want to be around it because it's contagious. It can get off on you. We were hearing a missionary that came back from Zimbabwe years ago. I later got to know him personally. A real man of God. And... uh, I, this is the first time I'd ever seen him or heard him. It was in a large conference setting and he was preaching and, and Phyllis was sitting right beside me. He'd been speaking about five minutes. I turned to her. I said, I like him. She says, what? You don't even know him. You just never heard him. I said, I like him. He has faith. I can tell. I like me some faith. So I'm all ears and I'm focused. Why? Because it feeds my faith. What's happening as he as faith is flowing through him It's quickening my spirit. It's it's lifting me. And I'm beginning to say, he did it. I can do it too. Is that right? It's possible. We can reach this thing. We can do it's exciting. You can tell when your faith's being fed. It's not hard to discern. Your eyes get enlightened. Your spirit gets quickened. It lifts you. It quickens you. It strengthens you. Oh, somebody say it strengthens you. It strengthens you. Just like if you're real weak because you hadn't eaten in a long time. And you eat a good meal, in just a few moments, you begin to feel better. Is that right? You begin to feel like, you know, you you felt like all you want to do is sit around and lay around. Now you actually feel like you, you can get up and do something. Phyllis's two little dogs. Every evening, they're cute as a button. They eat, 
and it won't be five minutes later, they get an energy burst. Well, they're going to run, and they're going to bite each other's tails, and they're going to tussle around. And why? Because they ate something, and they got some energy, and they can't sit still. They got to go. Well, that's what's supposed to happen when you come to church. Is that right? You're supposed to eat something good and get all stirred up and go, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I'm going to have victories this week in my life. I'm going to have victories in my body, victories in my marriage, victories with my kids, victories with my money, victories, victories, victories. Faith is the victory that overcomes the whole world. But many have thought it's just some mystical thing. Pray that I'll have faith. Lay hands and give me some faith. God just gives some people faith and others he don't. We don't know why. No, 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 no. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. You know another way way to say that? Faith comes by being fed. The anointed word of God. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Go to Acts 20, please. Thank you, Lord. I'll tell you what. Before you go to Acts 20, go to 1 Timothy 4. Let's do it like this. 1 Timothy 4 and 1. Now we saw this before, but there's parts of it we didn't touch on. Let's, uh, let's go through it again. He said, the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from what? Faith. What will they leave? Faith. Faith. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines or teachings of devils. Does the enemy want to get you away from faith? Why? Why? Well, what kind of fight are we supposed to be fighting? Fight the good fight of faith. Without faith, you've lost. Right? How do you receive from God? By faith. How do you live? By faith. How do you walk? By faith. How do you please God? By faith. How do you overcome the world? By faith. So certainly, the enemy wants you and I to be devoid of faith. That way, we're just easy pawns. We're just, he rolls over us. And all we'll do is lay there and cry and say, I can't. Now we're laughing, but we're talking about millions of Christians right now all over the world are laying in their problems and just crying their eyes out saying, I can't. Please, God, help me. Please, God, help me. Please, God, help me. And just been begging for years. That's not how it works. He doesn't do everything for you. He's bought it. He's paid for it. He's given it to us. And then he says, rise up and possess it by faith. Lay hold of it. Is that right? Overcome by faith. And if you lay there and cry and say, I can't, then you're arguing with him. And that's just not going to work. He said, uh, some would leave faith. Verse 2, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from meats or foods, which God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them, which believe and know the truth. For every creation of God is good and nothing to be refused. If it be received with thanksgiving, it's sanctified by the word of God and prayer. You see, these are replacements for faith. Do's, don'ts, rules, regulations. Do this, don't do this, 
getting away from being led by the Spirit and living by faith. Verse 6. If you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, you'll be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Notice this phrase. Nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. Everybody say nourished up. up. What will nourish you? Words of faith. Now that doesn't mean that every message has to be on the subject of faith. But it means every message is from faith and in faith and of faith. And if it's that way, it'll feed your faith. It'll feed your spirit. So if the preacher or the teacher does not preach it with faith themselves, even though you went over 20 scriptures... It's not going to feed your faith. And even though you read 20 chapters. If you just read it. And your mind wouldn't half on it. And the only thing you were looking for. Is something to condemn yourself. You're not going to get fed. Which is why we've talked about it. Everybody at Faith Life Church. Reads their chapter every day. But not just read it. You release faith. You say Lord. Open my eyes, open my ears, open my heart. Your word is good. Feed my faith. Quicken me with it. And you read it in faith, looking for something good. Come on, can you see this? And when you do that, it'll open up for you. It'll begin to quicken you. And the way you can tell is you're going to get excited about every verse. You're going to go, wow, did you see that? Did you see that? What about that? Glory to God. It's just like Phyllis's little dogs. You got a burst of energy. When you ate that, you now you want to run around the room. And... <laughs> Somebody say nourished up. Nourished up. Nourished up in the words of faith. Not all preaching and teaching will do that for you. And it's not to analyze and judge whether somebody's preaching and teaching is good and adequate. It's real simple. Go where the Lord leads you to go. Amen. Simple. And don't jump and leave and go somewhere else because it's five minutes closer or because of some natural thing because you're going to mess yourself up. And sometimes people will say, well, so-and-so's my favorite preacher. So-and-so's my favorite preacher. I was at Brother Kenneth Copeland's, one of his conferences some years ago, speaking in the afternoon. And I came across the lobby on my way out, and a guy said, oh, Brother Keith, Brother Keith, uh, let me say something to you. And so he said, he said, my wife just... What do you say? She loves you, man. She listens to you all the time. He said, I ain't much on you myself. (laughs) But she really likes you. He said, I like Brother Kenneth. I said, well, he's great. (laughs) Now, I don't know that he thought that through when he said that, but I didn't go away with my feelings hurt. I knew what he's talking about. But what am I saying? The person that you think, oh, man, they're the greatest preacher for you. Come on. Are you, are you hearing? Not necessarily better than everybody else. But for you. Why? You're supposed to be hooked there. You're, you're supposed to be connected. By that joint. 
to that part of the body and there is a specific supply through those parts that you can't get anywhere else and it's going to fit you like nowhere else and it's going to feed you like nowhere else and you're acting a dummy if you unhook from it. If you let somebody offend you and hurt your feelings or do something and you unhook and you run and you change to be changing, it's going to cost you. Because as the days go by and the weeks go by and you're not getting fed like you're supposed to, your faith's going to be getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And the enemy likes to wait until you are so weak you couldn't believe your way out of a wet paper sack and then hit you with something. And if your faith is so weak, all you'll do is lay there and cry and feel sorry for yourself and say, I can't. And the truth is, you should have been getting fed multiple times a week for the past five years. Come on, are you listening? And then, not that it wouldn't have been a challenge, but when it hit you, you wouldn't have rolled over and cried. You'd have said, God's been getting me ready. I'm built up. I know he's with me. I know he's in me. We can come through this. We can overcome this. And you're not just talking, you mean it, you believe it. Because the Lord has built you up inside over a period of time. Aren't we thankful to the Lord for it? Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In closing, I think, go to the book of Acts. Book of Acts. Talking about living by faith. Living by faith, living by the victory that overcomes the world, it's the most exciting life there is. Nothing compares to it. It's just wonderful. It's, just, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not easy all the time. It can be rough on your flesh, not knowing how, where, when, but it's exciting. I said it's exciting. I know when Phyllis and I first started hearing those tapes on faith teaching, we didn't understand half of the things people were saying. But I could tell after I got through listening to it for a couple of hours, I felt something inside. I, I felt quickened. I couldn't have told you what it was, but I just know I want some more. And so every, every night I'd come back and, and listen to some more and feed on some more. And I didn't realize it, but my spirit was getting fed for the first real time in my life, even though I had been going to church. And not knocking anybody there because they hadn't been getting fed. You understand what I'm saying? And people were walking in all the light that they have. But most of it was, you know, going through hard times and feeling sorry for ourselves And hope we can make it till we get to heaven. And, and just very little overcoming faith. Very little victory because it wasn't being fed. But for the first time in our lives... We're hearing people talk about believing God for things and getting them, praying prayers and getting answers, having faith, having victory. And I mean, it just, I hadn't got over it yet. We just, oh, oh, oh. And so for those next couple of years plus, we're feeding on this almost daily. And then the Lord tells us, he says, I don't mean to heard a voice, but inside us in praying, go out to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and attend the uh, camp meeting there of Brother Hagin's. Now that might not sound like a big deal to you, but for us, where we were, we didn't have a decent car that'd make the trip. Much less money to stay in a hotel or, or eat. Or I mean, that was a full challenge for our faith. And if you'd asked me about it 
you know, two years before that, wouldn't even have considered it. Would have just said, no, I mean, we can't do that. Got to work, got to do this, got to do the other. No. But after two years of feeding our faith daily on the life-giving, faith-giving word of God, he dealt with us to go. And you know what we said? Okay. We believe we can. If you say go. It took all the faith we had to go out there for a week. And that's when he dealt with us to go look at the campus and dealt with us about going. And oh, brother. Remember two years before, I looked at the front page. Remember that? Uh, in the graduating class and wouldn't even consider it, wouldn't even listen. But now we're standing there looking. And I'm riding on the way back on the bus, back to the downtown convention center. Phyllis and I just as quiet as could be. Didn't say a word to each other. Finally, she said, it stinks down here. <laughs> well, the convention center's right by the oil refinery. And it's in the middle of what, August? And, and it was hot and it did smell bad. Why is she saying that? Just thinking, I don't want to come here and live where it stinks. She said, you ever know you're supposed to do something and, and didn't, didn't really want to do it? And I played dumb and said, what? <laughs> like what? <laughs> and we talked about it on the drive home after the week was up. But thanks be to God, in two years' time, he had gotten enough faith into us that we actually believed that we could do it and he would provide for us and he would help us and we could make it. And so we did and he did and it was and then he told us something else and he did that and he told us something else and how many believe he's going to tell us something else? He's going to tell, he's going to tell you something else. He's going to tell me something else and we're going to say yes Lord yes Lord we can do all things through you who strengthens us. In Acts 20 and 28, he said, Take heed therefore to yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. And do what? Feed the church of God. You know, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. That proceeds out of the mouth of God. Do we need to be fed. On faith filled words. Just as much. At least as much. As we need to be fed natural food. For our body. Yes we do. Yes we do. Job said this. I've esteemed the words of his mouth. More than my necessary food. That's the way we should think too. And people you know. Uh, some, they talk about feeding people, feeding people, feeding people. And you heard me talk about it before. It's wonderful to feed people naturally. It's wonderful. And we've been involved in some of those things. We want to do more. But our main call is not to feed people naturally. Our main call is to feed people spiritually. And so the Lord has enabled us to have a word production facility. Is that right? Where food, spirit food. Is prepared every day. And sent all over the world. You're feeding people. I said you're feeding people. On a regular basis. People that have no money. Can feed on a thousand faith meals. If they want to. Is that right? They can just come. And just eat. Until they fall off their chair and pass out. Is that right? And then get them a surge. And get up and run around the room. Huh? That's our call. 
If you're called to do something else, well, go get to it and get busy on it. But that's our call, is to feed people spiritually. Do people need to be fed spiritually? At least as much as they need to be fed naturally. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Come back to what, do you see Jesus looking at Peter, saying, do you love me? And Peter's heart just reaching out, going, I, yes, how can I overcome what I said and did? I want to prove it to you. And the Lord's given him the opportunity, isn't he, to demonstrate that he loves him by doing what? What's the one thing the Lord brings up to him, not once, not twice, but three times? You love me? You want to do something for me? Feed my sheep. Feed them. Feed them, boy. Feed them. My brother Hagin said, what are you going to feed them? Hamburgers and hot dogs? No. Feed them the anointed. Living. Life-giving. Life-changing. World overcoming. Word of God. Ah. Oh, hallelujah. His word is so wonderful. His words is what brought everything into being to start with. Brought us into being. And it's what our spirit craves. Our spirit craves it. More than a body can crave natural food. And when you get some good spiritual eating, you know it. Oh, man. And what's the one thing you want? More. More, please. Give me two more scoops of that. Now listen, friends. Something that ministered to you powerfully in the past, don't let that get away from you. Get that CD, get that DVD, download it, listen to it again. And again, have you ever eaten potatoes more than once? Well then feed, if it ministered to you powerfully, don't just say, whoo, that was good, whoo, that was good. Go get it, eat it again, and eat it again. And eat it again, because not only did it make you strong, it'll help keep you strong. Thank you, Lord. He said, verse 29, for I know, he said, feed the church of God, which he's purchased with his own blood. For I know that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. He's talking about people who are ministers. But they're not there to feed the people. They're there to get something. And they're to lead people after themselves. He said verse 32, Now brethren, I commend you to God. And to what? The word of His grace. What is the word of His grace? The word of His grace is the good news of everything he has so freely, kindly, graciously given to us through Jesus. This word is able to what? It's able to what? Build you up and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. What if you're desperate? What if you're hopeless? 
What if you just, you can't see any way? And all you know how to do is cry and say, I can't. What do you need? You need your spirit fed and built up with the anointed word in the areas of your life that you're being defeated. And you need to eat it night and day. Come on, are you listening? You need to feed. And what will begin to happen is you'll go from hopeless to thinking maybe there's a way. (laughs) Maybe there's some glimmer of hope. And if you keep feeding, you'll go from that to going, there is a way. Jesus has already made the way. Come on, are you listening? And if you keep on feeding, you'll get to the point where you begin to say, I'm coming out. I, I don't have to live like this. I don't have to have this. Greater is he that's in me. Jesus bought and paid this for me. This is not just making noise. Your faith has risen up. Your spirit has become strong. Instead of just looking and wilting and failing, you look at it and say, get behind me, Satan. Get out of my way. This is mine. Jesus bought it. He paid for it. And it's mine. How do you get that way? How do you get that way? By feeding. Feeding. On the faith-giving, anointed Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if the Lord tells you like Peter, you know, boy, you need some more. I'm praying for you that your faith fail not. Don't say, I'm good. I'm good like I am. I don't, don't, you know, what do I need to read my Bible for? I'm doing good. What do I need to pray for? I don't need to go to church. I mean, there's all kind of people ought to be right here. Is that right? But they're really prideful and deceived. They think they're okay. And they won't find out how not okay they are until something slaps them real hard. And then it'll be a rude awakening how pitifully weak their faith is. And it can be late. I mean, it's hard to build your house while the storm is going on. Right? Wise people. I'm looking at some of them. Wise men. Wise women. Are in church on a Friday night. Friday night. Friday night. Sit up and listen to the word of God for hours at a time and go, give me more. Give me more. I need it. I'll take it. Huh? And without realizing it, God's getting you ready for something. As the days go by and the months go by, he's getting you ready for something. And at the right time and place, he's going to broach the subject with you. And he's going to show you what he's got prepared for you. And if your first natural thought will be go, Huh? What? Me? Really? And then your faith's going to kick in and you're going to go, okay, Lord, okay, okay. If you say we can, we can. If you want to do it, I'm yours. Let's do it. And even no matter what it looks and feels like in the following days, you'll hold on to him and you'll keep believing and he'll bring you through and he'll bring you out and do things for you, with you, through you. That you never imagined that he could do. Hallelujah. And all the glory. Come on stand on your feet. Say all the glory. All the glory. All the glory. All the glory. Be to my good God. Be to my great God. All the glory. Be to my great God. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries 
and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.